Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning that Lamed Aleph in Maseches Psachim. We start with the Mishnah on the bottom of Lamed Amad Beis, Nachvish, Hilves Yisrael, Al Chameitzo. Now, as we board the Psachim train, taking us on a tour through Shas, today we'll be, it's going to feel like we're in a Zikin land. Okay, we're going to learn about Shibuda, the Rabbi Nassan, famous concept. We're going to have a Malve, a Love, Yesoimim. Don't ask. How do we get to this? Well, we have been learning the last few days, right, that Chameitz Yisrael of Pesach, Basically, normative halacha to boil it down, um, you know, to disregard the side shitas and boil it down. If the chametz was in the possession of a non-Jew, then it's okay, right? And if it was in the possession of chametz shavar lava pesach, which means that you basically a Jew was chalila over by rabbi matzli with him, right? It was in the possession of a Jew throughout pesach. That is, there is a gazera on that. That's going to be usher, right, after pesach as well. So, the question that Andrew kept asking me, and I told him, not today, Andrew, not yet, was, well, what if? This chametz was used as a mashkom, right? What if it was used as collateral uh, in a loan between a Jew and a non-Jew? Is the collateral considered as if it belongs to the Jew or to the non-Jew? Well, in which direction are you talking about? Who lent who the money? Well, our mission is going to discuss both cases, and that is going to set us off on a journey through shomrim, sachim, lending, yisomim, etc. So let's see. Says the mission. So in the first case, you have a nachri that lent money to a Jew. Right, obviously this transaction is taking place before Pesach, and the collateral, if the Jew defaults on the loan, is that the Nachri gets to keep the Jews' chametz. Okay, where is the chametz? Well, that's a very important question. Uh, so the Rashi already gives it away. It's going to be discussed in the Gemara. The Rashi says, The chametz is by the Nachri. So again, interestingly enough, the collateral is sitting at the home of the person, of the lender. Right, we have a lender and we have a borrower. The lender is already holding on to the collateral. He says, you get this back when I get back my money. Okay, fine. So, says the Gemara, uh, says the Mishnah, rather, right, so it's not going to be Chamesh Shavar Pesach. This Chamesh was in the possession of the Nachri. Now, it was physically in the home of the Nachri, as, as Rashi points out, which is pointed out later with the Gemara. But in addition to that, we're going to bring this Mishnah as a proof that not only is it physically in the home of the Nachri, but it is also considered the Nachri, right? The Nachri is the lender in this first case. And therefore, the Nachri, it's as if the collateral belongs to him from the time of the transaction. That ends up becoming the question of the Gemara. Is a collateral component of a loan considered the borrowers or the lenders? And if it is considered the lenders, is that considered the lenders from the time of the transaction or from the time of the default? Remember, the collateral only becomes a lender's collateral if the borrower defaults on the loan, right? So the borrower defaulting on the loan, is that the point where the collateral becomes the lenders, or do you say, no, this really belongs to the lenders, and then if the borrower does not default on the loan, then he gets his collateral back, as he almost purchases it back, so to speak, with the by, by paying off his loan. Okay, so that's the question here. Okay, so now, again, it starts off with chametz and then gets right off the rails. So the chametz here, in the first case, the is in the home of the nachri, and the and is in the and is. Um, and is owed as a collateral from the Jew to the Nachri, and therefore that Chametz is going to be mutter bar not, there's going to be no issue of Chametz Shavar of Pesach. Second case, Vishral Shehilva es Nachri al Chametzo, so it's the opposite case. Here, the Jew is the money lender, as it was for centuries, and millennia, the Jew is lending the money to the Nachri before Pesach. In that case, Achara Pesach Azar Bahana. Why? The Jew has the collateral, the Chametz collateral, in his, well, in his possession, presumably. But even if it's in the Nakhri's possession, we'll see. The Gemara is going to discuss this. But presumably, again, it's a question of 
there's a collateral considered in the possession of the borrower or the lender. So in the case where, right, the Nachri is a lender, it's going to be mutter, which means that the collateral is in the Nachri's possession. In the case where the Jew is a lender, it's going to be usser and treated as though the collateral is in, again, the same, in the same vein in the lender's uh, possession. So we see from here that it sounds like collateral is treated as if it is in the lender's, not in the borrower's possession. Okay. So, Gemara. Itmar. Balchov. So now we're getting right into Nezikin here. What is the case in a regular case of a creditor, right, who's holding a mashkon in his possession? So Classic machlokes Abaya in Rava. Abaya, when he says he means that what we said before, that a collateral in a case of a loan is considered as if it is in the lender's possession. And Rava says that no. Mikanul means that no, only once the borrower defaults on the loan is it considered to be in the lender's possession. But until then, this is the borrower's mashkon. After all, it is the borrower's Right possession, right? It, it was originally the borrower's possession, right? It only, but the question is, when you put up your, let's say, house, right, as a, as, as a collateral for a mortgage loan, right? So does, that, does your house belong to the bank or does it belong to you, right? Would you say that your house belongs to the bank until you pay off the mortgage? Or would you say that the house belongs to you, right? And the only time, God forbid, the bank would take it is if you default on the mortgage, right? So Abaye says that, no, the house belongs already to the bank. You're basically buying it back. And Rava says, no, the house belongs to you. If you default, then it becomes the bank's. Okay. So now, we're going to talk about the, what is the nafkamin of halacha? In other words, why does it matter? What are cases where it matters whether it belongs to the borrower or the lender? So says the Gemara, So let's say, right, the lobe here is the borrower. So let's say the borrower is going to sell off this thing, right? So the borrower is used to this mashkon, right? Let's say uh, it's his car. So the borrower, let's say it's an Acura, for argument's sake. So the borrower is used to the Acura being his, right? So if he was makdish it to the base of Mikdish, or he sold it, right? So nobody's going to dispute in that case where the borrower is selling off his, his Acura or, or, or donating to the base of Mikdish, that if, God forbid, he were to default on his loan, that the lender could go back and get the Acura. So this is another, a way of saying that even Rava, right, who holds that the Acura can, uh, it belongs to the borrower the entire time, he would have to concede some type of lemafreya, right? He would have to concede some type of connection to the lender in the sense that Right, the borrower's ownership is, in fact, compromised in some way. Right, the borrower considers it his Acura. It's just a collateral that's going to be there in case of, you know, in the worst case scenario. But the fact of the matter is that if he sold it off and then he, de- right, he, he, and he defaulted in some way, so then it could always just be taken away. In other words, it could be taken away from the person he sold it to. That means that even at the time that he sold it off, which is in the interim between the transaction and the default, it wasn't really 100% his, right? If it was really 100% his, then people would be able to buy it from cleanly without having to worry, right, that some other creditor would come get it. So. And so this is just another way of the Gemara saying that even Rava has to concede some version of the Mafreya to Abaye, okay? Because Asi Malve Farik, as we arrive at Lamed Alpha right? Because the the because what we're saying is right that the lender right could always come and redeem it. It's not. How do we know? It's because we learned in the Mishnah, right? Moisif o dinar ufodet elu, right? That, that's the case, right? It's exactly that case. It's a case where a person was makdish, let's say, some of his property, and he owed his creditors, right? So then what does the creditor do? The creditor can go and get the said property, right, and out of hektish. What's this most of Odin? Rashi explains. When you get something out of hektish, you can't get the exact amount. As Rashi says, hektish is something that you have to redeem, right? So when you redeem it, you don't just reclaim it. You have to add a little, like, tzedak on the pushka, so to speak, right? That's, that, that's the difference between just taking it back and redeeming it. So that's the concept of Moisif Odinar. The only reason you're adding a little bit of money is because you're taking it out. But fundamentally what's happening here is a, a borrower, 
uh, was makdish something to the base of mikdash. This is the mission in Erechin. A borrower was makdish something to the base of mikdash. The creditor came in, t- came to collect it, and so he just threw a penny in the pushka and took the money back, which is to say that it wasn't really so much the borrower's after all, was it? Because somebody else had access to it. Um, when, when the borrower defaulted on the loan. Okay. So he's Podim and Chasim Elu and Kipligi. Um, where do Abaye and Rabba therefore have like a clean, so to speak, Nafkamina, where Rabba doesn't have to concede to Abaye and Abaye doesn't have to concede to Rabba and they all just hold to their guns in the purest form. In the following case, the Zabin Malve. So here is the case where the lender, okay, now is the one that sold property before the loan came due, which is to say, let's say the Acura in this case. So the lender says uh, to the borrower, okay, I'm going to hold on to this Acura. When you pay me back the money, I'll give you the Acura, Acura back. Sure enough, son of a gun, he sells off the Acura. Vikadish Malve, or he was Makdash to the base of Mikdash. And now the coin Guttel is driving around in Acura. So, Abaye Amar Lamafreya Hugova. Abaye, in that case, so you'll see why it's clean here. Abaye, right, says that you collect, that the Acura becomes, right, the lenders retroactively. Okay? So he says, Kema de Matas Mane, Zimne Pare. Therefore, when the debt comes due, and let's say the borrower defaulted, Right, it's going to become re, uh, revealed. The guy the mills of the Once, right, the borrower defaults, it emerges that what that the lender owned owned this Acura all along. And therefore, the sale of this Acura or the gifting of it or whatever to the coin Godal was the the donation of it to Hekdesh was fine. It's all fine. It's going to be revealed that it was fine. And in that case, also Rava says no, no. The right, the lender didn't own this Acura until the borrower defaulted, and therefore it was inappropriate for him. Until the borrower defaulted, it was inappropriate for him to be makdish the Acura, it was inappropriate for him to sell it, and that hekdish, or that sale, is therefore not valid. You cannot say that it's valid. So what happens here is, Abaye and Rabbah don't concede anything to each other. That's why the Gemara is saying that this is the case where you see the machlokas in its purest form. Because in the case where the lender is the one that's selling off the mashkon, he had physical access to it, and he's selling it off, in that case, Abaye is going to say, that was a good sale. I mean, obviously that can only be considered, it's going to be a good sale. And then um, the issue there, even though it's a good sale, so what if, what if, the, other, what if the other guy, uh, what if the borrower doesn't default? So that's a good question. What would happen if the, if the borrower doesn't default? Wouldn't Abaye have to concede to Rava in that case? Um, but be that as it may, in the case where he did default, he says it's a good sale. Um, so that, that in itself is one of the, one of the uh, questions that can just, a little window, I mean, you have these huge rashes here, a little window into where you can really get into Eun here. You could fall into a rabbit hole of the entirety of Masechus Bab over here. Uh, but in any event, the fundamental right distinction here is that Abaye and Rava hold the, the following. Abaye holds the Mafreya, which means that a collateral is considered to be in the possession of, right, the lender until proven otherwise. And Rava holds that the collateral is considered in the possession of the borrower and the lender only gets ownership of it once the borrower defaults. Fine. So let's elaborate a little bit on Rava's position, uh, this aforementioned position I just mentioned now. Says the Gemara, Well, he's explaining now. What's the rationale of Rava? Exactly what, we're, what we just said right now, which is, you know, let's say the borrower amazingly pays his loan off. That's also a thing. And so let's say he had the money when it came time to pay. Then he could prevent the lender, obviously, from, from, collect, from keeping that mashkon, from keeping the Acura, right? He's misalik. The, 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 he has nothing to, he has no access to this mashman at all. Says Rabbah, therefore, Ishtakach the Hashtakakani. Therefore, Ishtakach, it is found now, it is found, it emerges that when he does default on the loan, so it's only then that it becomes the lenders. So again, that, that's clear. Why does the Gemara, um, here only give the position of Rabbah? Well, because the Gemara is going to, 
analyze Rava now. We're eight lines down on Amad Aleph, Amad Aleph, and we're going to dig into this. So again, I, I, I'm thinking of it in terms of also a house, let's say, mortgage to the bank. He's saying, well, the house is your house. You're living in it. It only, God forbid, in case of default. So then, so you take it. But when you pay off the mortgage, it turns out the house um, was yours all along. So let's see. Right, that's the position of Rava. It turns out the house was yours all along. Abaye's sheet of Lamafreya means that it's retroactively always the banks. Well, why would you say that? So let's see. What is what do we say about Rava? Do we really, does Rava really agree with himself over here that this house in a mortgage belongs to the house homeowner all along until he defaults? Let's see. We have a case. For this case, you have to help cup. We're we're taking we're, we're getting really deep. We just stepped into the real deep waters of Nazik in here. This was a case of a famous Rami Barhama. Can't mention Rami Barhama without mentioning Shir Schmidman, who wrote her PhD thesis on Rami Barhama in Hebrew University. Now, I'm sure she's very, she has a lot of opinions on this case. Ruvain sells the field to Shimon, okay, Bechrayas, which is to say, he, when, he, when Ruvain sold the field to Shimon, we're going to have three, three principal players. So it's not that hard of a case, because we only have person A, B, and C. And so the, we're, we're going to call them Ruvain, Shimon, and the creditor, Ruvain's creditor. So Ruvain is actually, as it turns out, a good dude. I actually, well, I actually was involved in a transaction like this where Ruvain sells the field to Shimon and he says to Shimon, listen, you don't have to pay me now. I'll say it a little bit outside first. When he sells this field to Shimon, right? So Ruvain, all he has is the field. He has no other real estate. All he has is this field. And he tells Shimon, you know what? You don't have to pay me now. We'll consider the money that you owe me a loan. And I'm also guaranteeing that if anything happens to the field, that I'll replace it, meaning I, I'll, I'll take a chrayas on it. So Ruben is like doubly and triply invested in Shimon now, right? Shimon got a good deal. He gets the field with collateral, so to speak, with a chrayas, and he doesn't have to pay for it yet. He'll pay for it like whenever. Sure enough, after this, uh, subsequent to this transaction, Ruben passes, all right? So now when Ruben passes away, now Ruben has heirs, right? Ruben has Yasomin, right? And now Shimon is in a position where he has the field, but he has yet, yet to pay Ruben. So he could, he's technically, what he's supposed to do is pay Ruvain's heirs. He's supposed to pay Ruvain's Yisomim. He owns, he owes money to the Yisomim. Now, when people owe money to Yisomim, they're supposed to pay that, okay? Uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. What about if Yisomim owe money? This is important to understand. What about if, if Ruvain owed money to people? So the halacha is, and we're going to see the lundas here, um, so money that's owed to people, Yisomim don't have to pay. But land transaction, real estate transaction, the Yisomim do have to pay. What's the fundamental idea that we are latching onto here? That land is, is always, as this is all, this is what these long rashis are about, walking us through it. Land is something that's be'en, which is to say land, you look at, it was physically present. Real estate, you can point to the building, okay? So as such, when the father, who's now deceased, when the late father made the deal, right, that thing, it's as if he's still here. Because the building, so to speak, is still representing the late father, right? The, the building is still in existence, even though the late father is no longer here. So now, when that took place, you, the actual creditors can collect real estate deals. The actual real estate they can collect. But money is fluid, right? It's not mine, it's not yours, it's just kind of like circulating around the world. So if that was a deal that wasn't tied to any real estate, this is a lacha, right? It's not legal necessarily, but this was the lacha um, that we're talking about. So money is not owed. It kind of goes to that, those kinds of deals um, go to the grave with the father. So that's all going to play into here. So again, Ruvain did the following deal. He sold his field to Shimon, he said, I'll replace this field or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that you're whole, that even if a creditor comes or somebody takes, it's my guarantee that this is owed to him. Should it be seized by one of my creditors, said Ruvain, I'm going to reimburse you for the price of the field. Okay. It doesn't mean that he, he, he uh, guarantees that Shimon's going to get to keep the field, but at least he guarantees that he'll get paid in case that takes taken away. Okay. And then, right, the actual payment for the field 
um, Ruvain, as we discussed, allows Shimon to not pay and consider the actual payment a loan. So Shimon gets to hold on to the field and to his money as a loan. Okay. Amaze Ruvain, and as discussed, Ruvain passes. Also, Balchav, here comes the creditor, because Ruvain did have creditors. Right? So now, sure enough, Reuben had creditors. The creditors are going to go. They're going to want to collect. They see that Reuben doesn't have any land. They're after the land, right? Because they can't take the money. They can't take the money from the Yasomin. So they want to take the land. Well, the only piece of land that Reuben had, as Rashi explains, the only piece of land Reuben had, he had sort of sold to Shimon. He didn't really sell it to him. I mean, he did sell it to him, but he, but he didn't collect money from him. But it's currently the way the deal was structured in Shimon's possession. So Reuben's going to Shimon now. I'm sorry, the creditor is going to Shimon now. Ruvain's creditor is going to Shimon to go to collect the land. Okay. The also Shimon of Faisay Bahazuze. Shimon said, you know what? I don't want to give you the land. I want, I'm going to pay you. Shimon is not the worst dude. He's heartbroken about his friend Ruvain's passing. And he had the money, as it turns out. Just never got a chance to pay Ruvain yet. He kind of was holding on to it because he didn't have, because it was a loan. So now that Ruvain passed, he gives the money that he had earmarked to get to pay Ruvain, and he just gives it to Ruvain creditor. Says the Gemara, Dinahu, this is going to come back to Ravan Abaye, believe it or not. Says the Gemara, Dinahu, which means the halacha is, the Asubne Ruvain, here come now the Asomim of Ruvain, for Amulele Shimon, they still can go to Shimon and say, Anan Metatale Shavak Avun Gabach. Our father left Metatalin that he had by you, which is to say, you still owe our father money. Now, you may have thought, right? You may have thought that by Shimon paying the creditor, everyone is whole, right? Um, how so? Well, the Yosomim had a creditor. So he's appeased, right? The Shimon gets his field, but he pays for it, albeit not to Ruben, he's paying to the creditor. The creditor had a, something that he was owed, and he gets that money. He gets it back, albeit not the field, but at least he gets back the money from Shimon. So everyone here is made whole by Shimon's uh, overture of giving the money to the creditor. And yet, that's not the Allah. Why? Because the Yosomim, because of the thing that we, the Allah that we said before, that you can collect Right, real estate from Yosomim, but you can't collect money from Yosomim. That means that the creditor can only take a field, right? But the creditor can't take money, which means that. Um, but but however, Yosomim can collect money from if, if they're owed. So says says say the Yosomim to Shimon. They go to Shimon and they say again, Anan shavak kabach. You have money that's owed to our father. And which means money, right? The the money of Yosomim is not mortgaged to the creditors, right? In other words, the creditors, are, as we said, they're only going to get uh, karka. They're not going to get money. So the money that Ruvain owes the creditor doesn't have to get collected from Yosomim, right? The, the creditor was owed money. So if Ruvain had a field, right, and he didn't have any money, then he would have to give him a field. But here, the, the Yosomim, they could have had, they had money, but they didn't have a field, or if they didn't have money or a field, right? So it turns out that Ruvain can't collect, um, right, that, that, that money doesn't get collected from Yosomim. And therefore, what happens is that the Yosomim could still collect doubly from Shimon because they could say, Shimon, it was very nice of you, right, to, to give our creditor the money, but we could still seize that money from you back, right? Um, because if Shimon gives the money to the creditor, he still owes the money to the Yosomim, again, because the purchase, right, was never satisfied. He never actually paid for the field, right? That was a loan, right? So that would be the case. Now, mind you, if Shimon gives the field to the creditor, then Shimon gets to keep his money, and the creditor would then just keep the field. But... The case that Rava is going to suggest, which is going to bring us back to his opinion versus Abaye as to the Mafreya versus Ulkan Haba, is you, Shimon could be sm- even smarter than that. I'll say it outside quickly first, which is Shimon could do the following shtick. He can give the field back to the Yosomim. If he gives back the field to the Yosomim, he, collect it, he can collect it back and keep his money. It's a shtick, because what Shimon could do is he returns the field to the Yosomim, right? Then, once he returns the field to the Yosomim, remember, Ruvain, when he sold the field to Shimon, promised Shimon that he'd be able to give him money. The Yosomim, let's say, have nothing. So 
whether if they saw him get money, they only have money. If they get a field, they only have a field. So Reuven gives the field back to the Now all they have is this one uh, measly field. Reuven had been told when the field was sold to him that the, the field was sold to him by Achrayus with a guarantee. So uh, right, Shimon rather had been told that. So Shimon goes to the Yisrael and say, "Hey guys, I know I gave you back the field, but now I was that field was sold to me by Achrayus. So give it back to me." So the Mefarshim explained he doesn't even go through this. Uh, you, you don't have to go through like the closing costs here, right? He actually is going to keep the field, but in theory, what he's going to do is he's going to give the field back to the Yisumim and then take it back. What's happened now? What's happened now is that Shimon gets to keep his money. He no longer even needs to pay the money because he got his field back That was part of the deal. Part of the deal was if anything goes south, he gets the field back So what went south? What went south is that he told Yisumim actually didn't have any money. It becomes a circular thing. And when the Yisumim didn't have any money, they're essentially paying off Shimon with the field that he now gets to keep. This is what we're going to learn now. But Amar Rava, Rava come, came in in this uh, in this case, which is um, I listened to Dr. Glatt Shlita, Rabbi Dr. Glatt. I listened to uh, Eisenstein, I think Shlita, and uh, a few a few others. And um, I don't know. I hope that this was clear because they all, as they entered this case, I said, oh, "Okay, hold on to your hats. This is a very convoluted case." We hope we were clear. They said at the end. Okay, so I hope I was clear here. But be that as it may, Amar Rava, and this is what we were about to say. This is what we just said. This is what we we're about to read inside. Ipikach Shimon. If Shimon is clever, this is not really, he's, notice he's not saying if Shimon is a nice guy. <laughs> he's saying if Shimon is clever, Magbilhu Ara, he can have, he can co- collect, right, the land of the children from, as payment, rather than take Metatalin, the Hadar Gabe Lemina, rather than take money, and then once Ruben's children take the land from him, in other words, Magbilhu Ara, I, I said it wrong, Magbilhu Ara means that he could have the children, this is what I said before, he can have the, right, the Yusomim, Take the land from him as payment instead of paying back the loan. Take it in the form of land. Once they've taken it as a form of land, then he's going to get the land right back from Ruvain. The Amar of Nachman, how is he allowed to do that? Because of the principle of Nachman. What did Nachman say? This is again the concept we said before. That not only, right, can, not only can a creditor take land, right, real estate from Yosomim, but a creditor can even take land that is owed to Yisomim and then gets repaid to Yisomim, right? So even if it's a step removed, this is Rav Nachman's halacha is saying very simply, all real estate is treated as if the father was still alive. So the Yisomim can collect it and even the creditors can then take it from the Yisomim. So it's in, in stark contrast to money, which it's like frozen in time. Everybody just, whatever money they have at the time of the passing of the father, so if you owe it, or you, so it's, it's frozen in time. The Yisomim can still collect the money that was owed to the father because that is money that's owed to the estate. But you don't take money from Yisomim once their once their father passed, okay, but you can take real estate because it's as if the father was there, and as we said, and as we just said here by Rav Nachman to emphasize that even again, that even land that Yisomim collect as payment, even that right subsequent posthumously subsequent to their father's passing, they collect the land that can go back to the creditors, so the creditors can in fact wait for the Yisomim to collect land in order to take the land from them. In fact, that is what, based off of this halacha, that is what Shimon did, right? He considers the land, he considered the land that their father magnanimously sold to him and said, don't, you don't have to pay me yet. He considered that as the money that he can then give back to the Yisomim and he pulled a clever stick because he knows that once the Yisomim get it, he becomes, that land becomes owed to him and he can just take it right back. Wow. Okay. Mar, however, is going to say, this is who's suggesting again. It was Rava's suggestion. Rava said that if Shimon was a wise guy, he could do this. Well, that sounds like what? That sounds like the mashkon, um, a creditor, it gets the property retroactively from time to loan. Why? Because if you hold like a baye, not like Rava, it makes sense. Because you could say what? For that reason, that's why Rav Nachman said, right, that once the orphans get the, the property from a debtor, then the creditors of their father can in fact collect land from them. Why? 
because the reason why the creditors can collect the land it was because it was right it was it was there when the father was alive so it's as if they're collecting from the father but that's only true if it's Freya. in other words it's only you can only right pretend so to speak like the father's still alive and, and Rav Nachman's din is predicated again Rava Rava's halacha of Shimon's shtick being clever is predicated on Rav Nachman's din that you could even collect from land that was given to the Yasomin. but that Rav Nachman's din is predicated on the concept that the land that was owed the Yasomin that's being given to the creditors, it's as if it was in the possession of the Yosomim when the father died, right? You have to go, like we said, multiple steps in order to collect land from Yosomim that was owed to Yosomim but not yet paid at the time of the passing of the father. You have to treat that land as if it was already in the possession of the estate of the father at the time that the father passed. And you can only hold that if you hold to this concept of Lomenafreya, that a creditor's land is as if it's, it's as good as in his, right, in, in the father's possession. Says the Gemara, However, if Rava holds, as he does, that the whole idea of land and creditors and mortgage in this case is is that the right that the home right the whole idea is that the homeowner uh, or the person who's in possession of the home is the one that owes the karka and it's only when he defaults on the loan that he has to give the money. So So why can the creditor then collect property from Yasamin? Hahavi command is bin Yasmin Right? It's as if the right it's as if the orphans, the Yasmi, had purchased it. It's similar, dummy, to as if the Yusomim purchased it, which is to say, when the creditor, according to Rava, right, when the creditor comes back and gives us land, it's like found money or purchased money, as it were, right? It's new money. It's new land. It's something that they just came across now because they didn't know, according to Rava, they had no reason to believe necessarily that their lender or the person that borrowed from them, rather, was going to default on the loan. It was only when he defaulted on the loan that it became theirs. And when he defaulted on the loan, it's that's a new transaction. That's not something that was already considered to be in their possession, according to Rava. And therefore, why would anybody be able to take it from them? Says the Gemara, Now, if the, if the let's say the Yisrael had, had gone out and purchased this property on their own, then certainly, right? it's a new life. Dad is no longer around, and they're making transactions. None of those transactions reflect back to any of Dad's creditors. Right? They don't have to, they don't know the creditors anything. They're, this is the new, this is the new world order. They're running the business now. And the creditors of dad are gone. They're making new transactions that have, they have no obligation to these creditors. As Gamar says, right? Are they, when they, let's say, they buy, they make a new real estate investment, right? After the father passed. They purchase another building. So, is that real estate investment have anything to do with the father's creditors? In halacha, it does not. Okay? And so, according to Rava, money that you get back from a collateral after a default is the exact same thing as money from a new transaction. So, why, again, would Rava himself suggest that Shimon, were he to be clever, can can treat the money, the the field that he brings back to the Yusomim as if they had had it all along and then take it away from them? Says the Gemara, no. Shiny Hassam. In that case, Rava says Shimon is being clever. It's very different. Why? The Amar Lahu... In that case, Shimon can say to the Yosomim, It's a very unusual case where, again, I mean, we know that that scenario was unusual to begin with, right? It's kind of like Ruvain was especially magnanimous to Shimon, and the deal was so bad that if Shimon really wanted to take care, uh, take advantage of the Yosomim, he could, as follows, by saying, I mortgaged my property to your father, but I also mortgaged it to whoever your father's creditor would be, which in this case is myself. Right, and this functions based on the famous Shibuta de Rabbi Nassan. As the Gemara explains, what does this even mean? What do you mean that I intended to also mortgage it? Right, in other words, what did it mean when he says that the collateral 
right, that I, that I owed your father was also owed to whoever his creditors would be. How does it go through his father and then back to his creditors? He's saying this, right, he's saying this because he, in fact, is his father, is the father's creditor. And so he's kind of like, not money laundering, but he's karka laundering over here. He's kind of like paying himself with himself. How so? From the Rabin Hassan. This is a famous concept uh, that we will see. All these things when we get to Nazika are going to make more sense because it's somehow this is like eight blot of Nazikin sort of condensed into our one blot. It's it's a it's a little bit it's a little bit less dense when you take it one step at a time in context. And so we'll we'll, we'll it'll probably go smoother and slower then. But just to explain over here, the Shibud of Rabbi Nasan is as follows, Mid Rabbi Nasan. What's the case? The Tanya, Rabbi Nasan Aimer Minain Lenosha Bechavero Mana Bechavero Bechavero Shemotzin Mizev Nosnin Lazev. What is this? Very simply. A owes B money. B owes money to C. It's a chain. Guess what? C has rights to A's money. That's what Shibuda the Rabbi Nelson means. It's, it's ownership by association. That if A owes B money and B owes C money, C actually has a claim to A's money directly. What's the nafkamina? That even if B somehow expires and ends up out of the picture, C can go directly to A. It's as if the Shibud that A had to, to B was also to C. Okay, that's the Shibud of the Rabbi Nassan. That C, it's, uh, the, the Shibud that A has to C is like palpable, is palpable. It really exists such that when B is out of the picture, he goes, that is what Shimon is basically saying. In this case, Shimon is, Shimon is A and C, in a sense. Right, so he's saying, I had a stake. I was Mr. A and Mr. C. So yes, I owed money to your father, but I also owed to your, but it was also owed to your father's creditors. And therefore I'm really collecting, I'm the creditor collecting from your father. But really, he's ANC, so he's collecting from himself. It's a shtick. But that's what Shibuda Rabbi Nassan means. So again, that's what it means. Minayla, no shebechavera mana, a person who has claimed to write a mana against a person, bechavera, bechavera, and that person in turn owes to the other person, shemotzin, mezev, and nosin, mezev. We take from A and give it to C. Where do we learn it? Talmud Lomar, that Nassan lasher, Hashem lo. Right? You give the money to the person who's guilty. This is the case, it's, it's not for now. This is a case of a theft, and you have to give it back. But as Rashi says, Lashem lo. I should just explain. Says Rashi, meaning Karen means that that as the right, you only usually pay Karen to the person that you literally stole from. So but what we're saying is, right, like A, let's say, stole from B, but B was C's credit, right? C, but B owed C money. It's as if when you pay back B, right, B was the guy you stole from. But no, Asher Hashemlo, we treat C as the guy you stole from, even though that isn't the guy that you stole from. Meaning that is the way of expressing, it could have said the guy that you borrowed from and you owed money to, because really you didn't steal from C. But treating C himself like the guy that you stole from is another way of saying that the Karen is by him. Is another way of saying is that C is like a surrogate for B. That it literally C, like we said, Shiba Rabbi Nasan, that loan is so strong that it's as if C becomes B. This is a lot of lumbers here. Wow. Okay. Now uh, we have to we have to move on. So we have another challenge over here, nine lines up from the bottom from our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah itself made it sound like a baye, right? Didn't our Mishnah say that whoever the chametz, the collateral was with, it's as if it belongs to him? That sounds like Lamafreya. So how's Rava going to deal with it? So let's see. So now we learn the Mishnah. Now it's going to go faster here because that was the hardest part. But here we go. Right. So we said before that that again the nachri was holding on to the mashkon. He lent the Jew. Now and that that becomes chametz. Right. That becomes mutter. It's not chametz shavu It sounds like the mashkon becomes the nachri's. Right, The reason why it's mutter is because the nachri holds on to it. If you hold like Rav, my mutter b'ana. 
right? It was in the possession of the Jew all along, right? It's his until he defaults on the loan. So if you hold like Rabbah that it's his until he defaults on the loan, why are you saying it's mutter? No, the Gemara answers, The Jew didn't just mortgage his chametz, right? He deposited it with him. And this is what Rashi was saying in the Mishnah. You already knew that the, the chametz was deposited as, as a security. So there's two types of mashkon apparently, right? You can either, right, like, live in the house and treat it like it's yours when you have a mortgage, or you can literally like deposit it in the bank and give it to the bank and say, I'll take it when I pay off my mortgage. Nobody does that, but that is essentially what he did with the chametz. Okay, six lines up. Let's say that this machlokas abayin rabbis, in fact, the machlokas tanayim, right? Because we say in a brisa that if a Jew lent money before Pesach, on assurance of the uh, right uh, of the of the chametz as a collateral, pesach and over. We say, like we said before, that it's going to be considered um, like as if it was the, the nachris all along, and there's no chametz shavu pesach. Mishum Rabbi Meir Amr over. However, Meir said that he does violate chametz shavu pesach. My love behind So maybe the machlokas panakamin Rabbi Meir is in fact the machlokas abayin rabba. The mar sabanam afreo gova. Right, which we know is the Machlokas Abayin Raba. Says the Gemara, but Tisbara, is it possible that that would be Machlokas Tanaim? Ema Seifa, you have to look at the end of the Brisa, because the Brisa continues to say, Aval that the, the flip side case, where the Nachri is lending the Jew money, and the Jews' Chametz is collateral, so we say, Wow. In the, in the safe of that price, everybody holds that it's Chametz Shavar of Pesach. Remember, this is Chametz that the Jew, that belongs to the Jew, that apparently is in the possession of the Nachri. It says, the Gemara, wait, we, said the, we should have said the opposite, just like our Mishnah said, right? Our Mishnah said that whoever owns the collateral, he is the one, it's as if the Chametz is in his possession, straight up a baye. But the Brisa doesn't say that. The Brisa says that in one direction, right, it, it'll depend on the but in the, the other direction, everybody holds that the, that the uh, Jew is over on, on, on the Chametz Shavar Pesach. So why doesn't it say the same in the other direction? It implies that the Machlokas here must not be Mikan Labo and Mafreya, because then it would be like our Mishnah, that would just depend on whose possession it's in. So we say, right? In other words, simply put, right, our Mishnah, it's just reciprocal, and whoever, and, and in the Brisa, it's not reciprocal. In the Brisa, in the direction where the Jew owns the Chametz, it's, it's going to be Chametz Shavar Lava Pesach regardless. So therefore, it can't be that that Machlokas in the Rameh and Tanakama in the Reisha is disputing the same idea of Mikanal Abba versus the Mafreya, like Abaye in Ravar. So as we turn to Lamdala from Abbez, we say, like we said before, Elach Bemayaskinan, Kigon Shahir, Hinu Etzlo, that this is a case where what? The borrower deposits the, the Chametz with the lender. So here, right, the Chametz is treated as a security, and we're going to see how that. Uh, plays into the price as follows. And the machlokas there becomes, right, above a Messiah issue again. What kind of shomer is the balchov and this mashkon? The Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, minayin the balchov shakon and mashkon. How do we know? And so it sounds like it's a derivative of the machlokas of Bayan Rava, but it's a little bit different. It's a little more, more fundamental. Who owns the mashkon? The bank or who owns this mortgage? The bank or the homeowner? So Rabbi Yitzchak says, how do we know that it's in fact the creditor, right, that owns it? Shanemar ulchati yetz daka. Right, that it's it's duck up. If you give it back, you may not call it mashkon. It's duck up nine. Right. In other words, giving back a mashkon is an act of sort of duck up, like altruism. Why? Because it must be that it has to be that the, that it's as if the creditor owns that mashkon. He's doing you a favor by giving it back. Okay. So then, what do you do with the first case of the bracha? It looks like a straight up bachalok. So the gemara tanakama savrahani mili israel israel. Yeah, that idea of mashkon being its daka is only when you have two Israelim, right, two Israelis in it, say, two Jews, in, in, in the transaction. That's where the Pasuk applies. But when a Jew takes a mashkon from a nachri, he does not acquire, acquire it, and therefore it should be mutter. 
Rabbi Meir, Sava Kavachomer. Rabbi Meir, however, does a Kavachomer. Yisrael, Yisrael Kani. That if a Jew, again, when he acquires a mashkon from another Jew, if he owns that mashkon, so certainly Yisrael, Menachri, Lakoshke, and certainly if it's a non Jew's mashkon, right, so then he certainly should acquire it. That becomes the Machlokes. In other words, uh, do we say that this mashkon is purely a, this concept of Lachatiat Zdaka with mashkon is purely a Jewish idea? Or is it something that also applies to Nachrim as well? But certainly everybody would agree, says Gemar, Aval Nachri, Sheilves, Yisrael, Lachamezo, right, certainly would agree, everybody would agree that for Nachri, right, uh, lend a Jew money with with the idea that the Jews chametz is the mashkon, the nachar pesach divrei kol over, then everybody's going to agree, right? That it's going that it's going to be usher. Why the hasam badai nachar misar like honey? Because everyone agrees that a nachar doesn't own the chametz. In other words, the chametz was the collateral of the nachar in that case, right? Everybody agrees that nachar don't get don't own the collateral of Jews. The only question was, do Jews own the collateral of nachar, or is it strictly a Jew on Jew halacha to say tzedakah? But certainly nachar don't own the collateral of Jews, and that accounts for the discrepancy of the brisa. Where in the first case it's totally b'machlokes whether Jews and Nachris have actual whether a Nachri can in fact a Jew can collect a mashkin from a Nachri. But in the safe of the Brisa, everyone agrees that the Nachri can't collect the collateral from a Jew. That's certainly not the case. And therefore the Jew, when he's holding on to the chametz and the chametz is collateral, he's going to be over chametz shavar al pesach on that chametz because of the fact that certainly that collateral isn't considered to be owed to the Jews. So we're going to continue over here, eleven lines down on lamed from the base tomorrow. Sure. I have to.